0: And welcome to the Tide Wad Tech, episode thirty-two. Bring your own tech for February third, two thousand eleven. This week, our special guests will be uh, Christine Voigt and Paul Wood of Bishop Dunn High School in Dallas, Texas. Christine and Paul are, uh, pioneers in the field of, uh, well, I don't know if it's a field, but in the, the act of, uh, encouraging students to bring their own technology into the classroom. Uh, in this time of, uh, declining budgets and increasing expectations, uh, that's sort of what brought this whole tightwad tech show about, right? Is, is we're in sort of a, a crunch time for technology. And uh, they're at Bishop Dunn. They have decided rather than spending all their money uh, on uh, keeping labs up and, and classroom computers up, they're just going to have the students bring their own computers. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and uh, they'll be joining us a little later on via Skype and um, just uh, in the uh, pre-show there when we were doing the sound check and everything uh Christine has her 4-year-old son buzzing around the room so uh if you hear weird noises uh, that will be what that is just to let you know nobody um is in in pain or anything but uh it's a boisterous young man and uh um so uh th- that's what that'll be so i just wanted to before we get to them though we've got a couple of warm up items uh interesting things that uh that we wanted to to bring about this week uh and the first thing is that we have a new look to our website, a new design. Um, people have often commented, uh, and I'm ignoring the chat room, so just let it go uh, <laughs> people have often commented over the recent months that uh the uh the the website was fairly bland and unassuming and there was a very good reason for that uh, and that is that we didn't have a uh, a logo a a visual representation of the site other than the crappy thing that i banged out one day in gimp um and i didn't want to design a site i kind of liked it though i mean it yeah. was, uh, you you don't give it enough credit well, i thought okay. it was all right i didn't want to design a site around something that that. that didn't look wasn't the final look and so we have what i believe what i hope at least for the 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 near term is the final look and uh i uh uh, hired a uh, an artist to uh, design a logo for us and so if you haven't seen it yet uh if it hasn't shown up in your uh podcast player as you're listening to this uh drop by the taiwad tech website at the dot com and check it out um just to address some of the concerns that I've had is, uh, the questions that have been asked is, how does it relate to the Taiwan tech? Well, it doesn't. And, uh, there are lots of logos that don't mean anything. Pepsi, BMW, Chevrolet. Audi there are lots yeah, a of lot of, that, lot of cars. That what well, right. Things that are just logo they're just shapes. Shapes that are are recognizable. And the and the shape that we have is is unique and recognizable and it's just plain cool. So uh uh the site is now it's got a dark theme, it's more iPhoneish, I guess, which in I really don't think is a plus, but that's just kinda how it turned out. Right. It's a little more iPhoneish look, um with a black theme and, and, and uh, blue.
1: Can I interject that it also uh cradles breasts <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there yeah, you had to go i figured there. that'd take us right into our next item yes. <laughs> also uh
0: one of the things that we've been holding back on uh because we didn't have that uh stylistic uh, theme just yet is uh um the the merchandise um and i don't know if there's a pent-up demand out there in fact i sincerely suspect there's not but i wanted a hat and a shirt and something to wear with the logo of the podcast on it. I wanted to represent my own show and I couldn't I didn't couldn't do anything yet until um we had this this logo. And so we've got that now. We also have a, sh- a store. If you go to our website at com, there's a uh, a store button at the top. It takes you to a a Cafe Press uh, website. And, uh, you can download, uh, uh, not download. You can't download them. Right. You can purchase, uh, all sorts of gear, uh, including. Because we are so bully on the iPad as a <laughs> educational tool. We have Taiwan Tech logo iPad cases, uh, there in the cafe press store. Uh, but yeah, the, <laughs> the logo is sort of a swirling X sort of thing. And in, in certain t-shirts for the, the opposite sex, it, it sort of, let's say it's an 18 hour logo. Right. Um, <laughs> there you
1: go. That's it. Yeah. Look at uh, Yeah. If you go to the, to the store, look at the, uh, the pink, one i think it was right it's the, <laughs> it just looks funny <laughs> right
0: and honestly that's the one i would want to buy my girl you know <laughs> sure, but that's, absolutely. you know there's there's women products out there um and and t-shirts and stuff for women and honestly i think um that's a little ambitious. I don't think there are a lot of women in our audience, and I don't think a lot of the guys in our audience have women. That's just kind of the way... Oh, wow. <laughs> that's just... I'm that's just being honest. Mark here. at
1: thetightwadtech.com. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I grew you up... You earned that one. That's right.
0: I grew up a geek. I am a geek, and I know how it goes. And uh, so anyway, if you want to get some Tightwad swag, you can do it now. And uh, there there is a, a particular shirt that if you have a well-endowed girlfriend, uh, Sean would like to see you by. So Absolutely. I guess, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and the next thing is uh, coming up. We've mentioned it in a, a couple of previous episodes uh, is uh, next week as you're listening to this, uh, we will not do our regular, uh, show on Thursday. It will be delayed at least a day to Friday, maybe even Saturday, depending on how things go. And the reason for that is because we'll be at the Texas computer educator conference, uh, uh, Texas computer educator association conference in Austin, Texas, the TCEA conference, uh, where about 11,000 or so geeks get together every year. And, um, hilarity ensues but we'll be doing a session there on podcasting um and and because there are so many people there uh who are so heavily bent on technology use typically bandwidth gets crushed on all the major i mean your at&t your sprint your verizon they all die uh and of course they're in the conference center the wi-fi there can't handle it either so because of that we don't expect to be able to do a live show at all, and we don't expect to, to be able to upload the podcast necessarily in a timely manner. We'll probably have to record it and and go back later. And And realistically, I expect to be tethering from my phone just to get enough bandwidth to be able to upload it later that night in the hotel. But also, I've designed uh, sort of a backpack portable studio rig Uh, yeah that's uh, that's very cool it's uh it's tightwad definitely it's a it's a little digital recorder audio recorder that i have um and uh, a little mixer and a couple of mics and um thrown into a backpack and and velcroed in just right so we'll have a little portable studio that we'll be carrying around with us and and our hope is to be able to release not only the regular show uh, but also an additional show that's a collection of two, three, five minute interviews, uh, with interesting people, interesting vendors, just stuff we find at the, at the TCEA conference. So we're going to be late getting the show to you, but hopefully it'll be two shows worth of content when we do. Um, so you know, I was just fun. thinking,
1: you know, CES was just a uh, short, you know, a short time ago. So, right. you know, this is like the, the tightwad version of CES, maybe. We, we couldn't afford to, to make that one. Right. But <laughs>
0: Uh, we weren't invited to that one last I checked. <laughs> right, um, right. So, yeah, th- I think it'll be fun. Uh, I've, I've never done anything like this. I, I know Sean's never done anything like this. So, it, I don't know how it'll go. I don't know if my little portable rig is even going to work uh, very well. So, we'll just see. I might end up getting a whole bunch of garbled audio that you can't even understand. Uh, but, uh, there you go. Uh, so that's, uh, that's, uh, some things coming up, uh, in the, the coming week or so. And, uh, and some things that are happening right now on the website. And so we're excited about the, we're sort of growing up, I think. It's, it's, uh, um, exciting to me anyway. Baby steps. Baby steps. Yeah. Right. Uh, all right. Anything else, Sean, before we move along? <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to our guests. All right. So without further ado, I bring you our guests, uh, Paul Wood and Christine Voigt, uh, both of the Bishop Dunn Catholic School in Dallas, Texas, and uh, they're here to talk us to us today about uh, the concept of bring your own tech. And so, uh, guys, let's start with just some introductions. Uh, Christine, uh, ladies first, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your role in the educational process, and how long you've been doing it.
2: I am uh, the Instructional Technology Coordinator at Bishop Dunn in Dallas, and my job is to do anything that has to do with technology and the classroom. So I kind of got to be the e-book queen. So that's my role with all this, Is and uh, Paul will talk to you about how he helped make all the technology, all the hardware side of it happen.
0: All right. And Paul, next same question.
3: And I'm Paul Wood. I'm the director of technology for Bishop Dunn. And uh, if it plugs in or has power to it, that's uh, pretty much what I take care of.
0: (laughs) That's the way we see it. If uh, electrons run through it, it's our responsibility. Absolutely.
3: That's it. That's it. And uh, very fortunate to have people like Christine working with me. And and, um, I think we've made a good team for some of the things we've come up with. And it's been about a three-year process for us to get where we are. But uh, it's been a good one, and uh, this is my 35th year at Bishop Dunn.
0: Wow. And, and that's uh, working there, or is that counting your time as a student?
3: That's working there, as, um, and then if you count the additional, I was there from 7th through 12th grade as a student, so otherwise it'd be 41 years.
0: Wow. So you, uh, you attended there as a student, uh, then went away to college, and then went back to work at your high
3: school, right? Correct. Awesome.
0: I know a few people who've done that. Yeah. And how long have you two worked together?
3: Hmm. How long have you been at done,
2: Christine? Uh, probably
0: two
1: thousand. Okay, yeah. so going
3: on eleven 10 years.
0: And uh, so what, what we're talking about specifically uh, today is the, the bring your own tech, the idea of uh, allowing and even encouraging students to bring their devices on into the, into the classroom. Uh, talk a little about, a bit about that. Paul, define for us uh, in a better term than what I just did what bring your own tech means.
3: Um, we've encouraged our students over the past two years. Last year was kind of a trial, and we'd only had about a hundred and um, – 20 students or so on a regular basis bring whatever they wanted to to connect. Some had iPod touches, some had netbooks, some had full blown laptops. Um, but they still have to come into our office, get them set up, get them kind of checked out, and uh, they put in our proxy numbers to go through our filtering and things. But uh, last year was a test. This year we uh, pushed it even further and said, you do need to bring it, and here are our recommendations and we made recommendations on um, netbooks for the younger kids some of the parents wanted laptops uh... things of that nature and we had to make sure they had a good enough piece of equipment because this year we also went uh... ebooks electronic books where we're about eighty to eighty five percent throughout the school electronic books
0: All right, let's talk about that um, is this a requirement or an option is this a school supply that's on the list that they have to bring <laughs>
3: It's it is a um, it is a school supply that they do have to bring, and um, we try to give our parents different options as far as what what might be the best route to go, and um, they've understood over the years that we've been involved with technology a lot, and as a result of that, they've been able to uh, understand that this is this is the direction we're going. I think they understand. This is the this is the world their children are growing up in, so th- this is uh, this is what's going to happen, and and they've been pretty good with
1: it. Uh, I'm curious, do you have any uh, sort of program for uh, the, you know? There's always going to be the underprivileged kid that just the parents don't have any means to to provide that. Do you have any program to uh, to help those ones out?
3: Yes, we do. We took uh, we had a couple of um, cows. You know, the the carts on the computers on wheels. The, Big carts that we would, that a teacher could check out and take to a room. We went through all those, made the, you know, created the best machines we could. And, uh, if somebody needed one, somebody wasn't able to get one, somebody breaks theirs and they, it goes to the shop. They can come to us. Their parents sign a form. Yes. I want my child to have one. And then we hand them one out. They take them home. They're, they're, they're with them just like it's their own piece of equipment.
0: Well, so let's talk about the sustainability of that. Those, uh, those machines that you're giving out now, uh, where you referred to them as old already, they're, they're going to have a, a limited lifespan. What's your plan for, um, uh, sustainability with this? If, if, uh, student can't afford it, and you mentioned just to give some background, uh, uh we were talking, uh, earlier, uh, in the show prep that you, your students are about 50% of them, uh, are considered low income. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty big margin there to to be dealing with um, a requirement of an expensive device. Uh, What is your plan for that? Or or I'm sure you have a plan. So tell me about that.
3: Well, well, what we keep doing, we still have, um, we had about uh, 40 to 45 machines and the two cows together. And um, we, we kept most of those uh, right now. and, And we're seeing some of those, some of those dies the, the charger dies the battery dies and it's an old enough piece of equipment that we won't and uh, we won't rep- we won't repair that necessarily but we've also got a couple of kids at our school that are good at, at working on different things and they part out and and create one out of maybe two that have gone bad and so we're doing that but then we'll also look at it we'll if we get to a point where we need to start adding equipment to what we've already got in place or what the students have available to them, we will probably purchase some Acer or some Asus netbooks and go that route.
1: Yeah, that seems to make sense to me. I mean, you're uh, since you're not having to purchase for all of the kids, I mean, you you can kind of afford to take that uh, that hit to cover you know some of the kids.
3: Sure, and and that's one of the things we want to make sure we do. We're, we're not trying to put anybody out too much because they're already paying tuition at the school. Like, And, and that stat of, you know, about almost half our kids being, would qualify for free and reduced lunch if we were part of that program. Um, so we know they're making a sacrifice being at our place. We know they're doing that. And, and uh, surprisingly, the, the majority of parents that we have are actually parents who are teachers at DISD. So... Um, we're doing everything we can to make sure that they're able to have that equipment because now with electronic books, you know, they need to be able to access those online.
0: And so what is the, uh, what do you do primarily with these devices? Uh, 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 Christine mentioned uh, digital textbooks. Uh, so are we talking about uh, a general-purpose computer, uh, or, or are we talking about a web browsing device? What What is the bring-your-own-tech requirement? Okay, let's say it's a school supply that you have in the list there. What is What is the minimum specs of what you've required that they bring, and what is the purpose of them?
3: If they go, if they go the netbook route, the the miniature laptop, um, one of the ones that I recommended was an Asus triple EPC, uh, mainly for battery life. And I uh, also recommended uh, the two gig chip that you can option for. And, to, and then I told parents, mainly for me, because I bought one of those myself and was using it to make sure it was comfortable for me, because as big as my hands are, it you know, almost six, eight, and 400 pounds, you know, I needed something that I could work with a keyboard on. So that worked very well for me. The battery life was excellent. Uh, the functionality was great. Our students all had their own email addresses, which are web-based. Uh, our learning management system is from a company called Edline, where teachers have their own web pages and put assignments and things of that nature out there. And, um, so the and the students have locker storage available to them there as well, so they can create documents, save them there, those types of things and then uh, if they come in and log on our network, we still have a lot of hardwired machines in the school and If the students come on and log in there, then they can pull those down if they've got to either print them out for teachers for research papers, things of that nature and then Christine can talk more about what they're using them for as far as um the textbooks because those are the classroom books now that our students and teachers are using. They're, they're online through different sources.
1: Uh, I, Paul, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned, uh, netbooks and uh, Mark and I both have kind of contended that right now that's kind of the, the, the real device to go with in education if you're talking about mobile uh the the price the power is there to do uh most of what you might need to do uh so i'm kind of curious uh i imagine you've got quite a few netbooks roaming around your halls now uh wh- what have the results been How's, how is how are they been performing uh
3: i think the netbooks have been performing very well i see very few like at lunchtime a lot of kids will find an outlet and plug in for charging and rarely do you see the netbooks the kids with netbooks doing that. Um, it's mo- mainly the kids that have uh, opted for a little bit larger laptop. And in some cases, what parents have done, they've seen this as an opportunity for them to go out and get themselves a newer laptop and they've handed theirs down to their <laughs> children to, to bring to school. And uh, that's, that's its own issue. But one of the recommendations we also made was if you're going to, you know, if you're going to get a PC uh, laptop, Uh, ask them about an extended battery uh, that might carry them a little bit longer. But we've also made available in in classrooms, uh, you know, hot spots where they can plug in and do that type of thing.
0: Okay. So I'm curious, uh, is this a uh – supplement to the technology curriculum within your school uh clearly that uh, the students aren't going to be uh pounding these devices heavily if you've got uh you know a video editing sort of thing that's need to be done or something like that uh, these machines aren't going to to cut that so do you still have the traditional labs um for those we, specialized things
3: we still have three labs because uh one of one of the things that we're uh pretty much uh a leader in is uh, we've got a great uh, geographic information systems program at our school that does a lot of work. Uh, and so that's probably the highest in lab we've got, but we've also got uh, two other labs that the um, art department's using for graphic arts. Uh, we've got a graphic animation class. We've got a web creation class. We've got a gaming class, and those are out of those labs as well.
0: Okay. Uh, Christine, I want to get you uh, in here. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the digital textbooks and, and how that's been working for you.
2: What we uh, did with that, and this was one of, one of the primary, primary reasons that we wanted the kids to go and have a netbook, at least, was, um, is that they would log in. And so instead of carrying around you know, a 50-pound backpack, they're just carrying around a laptop or a netbook. Um, and we went, that was another reason we, we really recommended netbooks as opposed to doing iPads or Nooks or Kindles or any other kind of reader device, is because um, probably I would say about 90% of the books, um, especially in the traditional sixth through 12th grade classes that are not AP, um, require Flash or some other kind of, or Java, which aren't going to run on those devices, those are kind of mobile devices. Um, the only E-books that we have found that will run on uh, mobile platforms are the, the college-level books that AP uses or pre-AP sometimes uses. Um, so that was one reason why we went with the netbooks. So we knew that it could have a standard web browser and it'd be able to go and run all the applications needed. Um, the nice thing with ebooks, it's not just a PDF. A lot of people think, it's, oh, it's just going to be like what you would download on a Kindle or a Nook or anything like that. But it is truly an interactive text. Um, So if you're going through and you're reading um, along um, and there's a new kind of terminology that you're not quite sure about, you can click on the word. It pops up the definition that will read it to you. If you're you're a native uh, Spanish speaker, uh, there's also Spanish translation, so you can hear the word both in your native languages, well as in uh, English um, so that was a nice feature a lot of the videos you know how you'd get um, your teacher bundle of stuff where you'd get your set of CDs and and DVDs or way back you know laser disks that kind of thing uh, to enhance the curriculum what this does is is it actually embeds all that video within the text. So the kids could be reading, and then, boom, here's the video that goes along with that to help illustrate the idea. And so they have that anytime, 24-7, as opposed to, okay, we're going to take a, you know, this chunk of class time, we've got to wheel in the TV cart, and everybody's going to sit and watch this together. This way the kids always have access to that, and they can help use those kind of things for review. So it's more than just a standard you know, reading your textbook. It really brings it to life and addresses all the different kinds of of modalities of
0: learning so what about uh, when they go home all right so if you're if you're taking you can take a textbook home clearly if we we're taking these machines home uh there there must be an assumption of internet access uh at home has that been an issue uh, again we're dealing with a, an inner city school here uh is is internet access a problem for you or, or do you pretty much everybody have it or again is that uh considered one of the school supplies that you need to have
2: well, what we we actually just surveyed to kind of find out how many kids would or would not, um, and it was mixed. And some of the ones that did have it had very slow connections, and so that was something we had to consider as well. So um, we do have um, our entire campus' is Wi-Fi. I mean, the buses are a Wi-Fi, the football field, everything, and Paul can probably address a little bit more about how we set that up. Um, but we wanted to make sure that they had access as much as they could at school. So a lot of the kids... Um, will stay after school so either because their parents are going to be working anyway and so they, they we have a an after school program for them so they can stay and they can get their work done um for those kids that you know if they they need the high-end labs they can go and they have time where they can get into there as well um, because they won't have access to that at home so there's many different options for them um and also you know you, there's you know different places like you know where they can get wi-fi off campus um at the public library or Starbucks or what have you. So the nice thing also with the ebooks, they're not downloaded to the computer. So if the computer crashes or whatever, um, they can go and they can get access to it anywhere. So they can go into the public library and just log into the, the system from there. They can go into, you know, a computer lab um, in our library or in one of the regular computer labs and uh, get access to it if something happens to their computer. It saves all their notes. It saves their bookmarks, everything. Um,
1: is tied to their student account when they log in online. Uh, and I guess now that I look at the show notes, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but it kind of got me uh, it, thinking along those lines, though, and just talking about accesses. Uh, what's the feedback been? I mean, have you had parents, uh, you know, really cheering this, or uh, have you had any really kind of railing you guys for doing this? Uh, it, what kind of feedback have you been hearing, parents and students?
3: We've had... Uh We've had a couple of kids in our office the last uh, few days because if a, if a student has a problem with their equipment at all, they do come, um, they do come down to us. We try to troubleshoot. We usually spend 10 to 15 minutes. Sometimes we'll spend longer just trying to help the students. But, and, and we've been asking kids as they come in, um, they love the books. They love having their. They love having their laptops with them. It uh, gives them an opportunity to more do more research. They've got it right there. They don't have to worry about is the teacher going to check us into a lab this week? Are they going to check out a cart? Are they going to do those things? The kids know how to handle their equipment. And before we got the wireless in last year, totally before we got that totally in, we we sit in a neighborhood. Um, we're we're on seventeen acres right in the middle of a neighborhood and. Some of the houses around the edge of the campus have wireless. Our kids were our kids were jumping onto their wireless so they could get access. You know, (laughs) so I mean, you know, kids are going to be kids are going to do what they need to do to do what they want to do especially, you know, where the Internet and computers are involved. Right. So well, those, those people
1: need system. to learn how to, you know, secure their systems. So.
3: <laughs> well, I haven't gone knocking door to door to see if I could help them, but uh, it's been kind of funny because the kids, oh, no, I'm, I'm on somebody's over there, you know. and uh, But um, <clears throat> as a result, I think, you know, the parents have most of the feedback I've gotten from parents. I have not had a single parent come to me with a negative. Uh, they, there may be some frustration, you know, there've been a couple of parents that said, you know, my frustration is my child doesn't have a book so I can sit there and look at the book and help them. You know, it's on the child's computer and the parent is having difficulty because the parent also happens to be not very tech savvy. So they don't know how to get in and use, um, Use they those, don't know how to get same it tools. Use the search items and things of that nature in the book. And so that creates a little bit of a problem there with parents that want to help their child. But, um, you know, the kids are pretty savvy about doing that kind of stuff and, and searching for the answers they need inside their textbook.
1: See, that that just confirms it for me. I think nowadays we become an old fogey much younger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Somewhere around 25, 26 years (laughs) old. Right,
1: right. You're old after 25.
0: Uh, Talk a little bit about the uh, ramp up that you had to do technologically to get to this. it's it's interesting if uh, if kids are bringing their own tech the uh the thought might be that that's less of a load on the uh technology crew uh, and the technology expenditures of the school uh but you talked about having to build it out so i'm i'm interested to see uh was this a cost savings was it expensive do you predict uh one or the other over time uh talk a little bit about the preparation and your long-term expectations in terms of tech spending at your school
3: Well, I think um, initially when we started looking at this, it was roughly three years ago, and and it was about that time that Christine started looking also at the possibility of electronic books. Um, I started looking at, okay, what kind of hardware are we going to have to have in place and what infrastructure? So two summers ago, um, we we did a full upgrade of our infrastructure. We swapped out. We still had um, some three comm hubs and uh, just a couple of switches. Now everything is switched. We've got power over ethernet ports. We've got Wi uh, wifi throughout the facility. Uh, some of our neighbors, if they've got any moxie at all, they, they, you know, they could come over and I could give them access to, because they're probably seeing some of our signal. Um, you know, we've tried to limit that as much as possible. But uh, we put wi- Wi-Fi throughout. We've got Wi-Fi in our gymnasium. Uh, we've got Wi-Fi in our, uh, down over in our uh, multi-purpose room, which is another building. And you can actually pick up the Wi-Fi out in the football stadium, which is right behind our school. So we spent what, two summers ago totally rewiring, and it's – just Christine and I, and I've pulled a lot of cable at our place, but uh, I let somebody else pull all this cable to make sure that I had somebody to go back on if we had any kind of problem, and and that ran us about a hundred and thirty-five to forty thousand to put to do that entire infrastructure upgrade. We um, our our uh, internet access is through AT&T. We've worked with them for a long time, and we've got some parents that actually work for AT&T as well. Um, We're running a 20-meg pipe right now to our facility, and then um, this year, at the start of this year, the biggest problem we had was we reached a point where students were unable to get on and think we were thinking it's a windows seven issue. It's a, you know, maybe it's this issue, maybe it's that issue. And what we found out when we set up our um, servers and infrastructure a long time ago, we only set up so many IP addresses. Aha. <laughs> Plus our, our, IP leases were for 90 days. Well, now when you start thinking the copiers have an IP address, Everybody walks in, you know, with a droid or an iPhone or whatever. They can pick up our thing and they grab an IP address. Well, we had run out of IP addresses, so we had to expand our pool of IPs. On the inside of on the inside of the building, we've got dummy IPs. We've got 10.0 and then any combination of different uh, numbers. For them to pick up and, and the servers dish out the IPs. Well, we had choked out. We had, we had 1100 to begin with. Now we've got about 2500 and our leases are set for five days. Um, just so that some of our uh, teachers wouldn't have problems coming back in because we can, we're, we're kind of loose in what we allow to be open, but we're SEPA compliant. And uh, so YouTube's available, uh, Twitter's available, blogs, wikis, those kinds of things are available as well because we want our students doing as much of these things as possible to get that collaboration going because that's what they're going to have to do once they leave.
0: And how's the, how many students are we
3: talking about? Uh, 590.
0: 500 at, at this single campus. Um, and how's, yeah. how's that uh, 20 megs holding
3: up? 20, um, we can actually, uh, we've got a great reporting tool that uh, the company, we work with a third-party company out of Wichita, Kansas, called Two Trees Technologies. And they do, uh, at one point in time, they, they did our, they hosted our website. They did, they do our filtration. They do, uh, all our emails, those types of things. And, uh, the reporting tool they gave us, there are some days when we're, when we're knocking on the ceiling of that 20 megs. And, uh, you can tell when school starts and that, that, that red line just kind of goes up on the chart and it just kind of stays across. We're looking at probably, we might add another 10 megs for next year. Uh, but uh, for the most part, it's carrying us pretty well.
0: Kids can suck up bandwidth really, really quickly. They uh, they are gifted in that well, regard. Yeah, it's amazing. What do we well, at now? We,
3: you know, like I said, we have YouTube. YouTube is open as well for us uh, because there are just so many resources available there. And before Christmas, we were having difficulty because uh, the network was really just slowing down. And when we came to find out, talking to some of the kids. Well, they're listening to music right but how are they listening to music they're listening on YouTube
1: yeah watching music and I said, videos well,
3: you know well they're not watching the videos they're just they're listening watching- to music and, right. I, and I said but the video comes with it guess what you're killing us right so we actually shut it down because we do our finals before Christmas we finish our semester before Christmas and then when we came back we talked to the teachers and told them here's you know here's what you need to do you need to talk to your kids and I said but the response to the kids is not, if I catch you on YouTube, I'm going to write you up. The response to the kids is, use your computer for your music, use your MP3 for your music, and your MP3 can be your phone or anything else. But if you're if you're listening to music on YouTube, you're hurting the bandwidth for everybody. YouTube has not even been in the top 10 since we've come back after that because the kids responded. Right.
0: Yeah, we, uh, we have similar issues. We, uh, we find that, uh, Pandora and iMeme and, and those sites that, where the, the kids stream their music, uh, is among the top of our bandwidth users. We, we have, uh, uh just a handful more students than you do and, and more bandwidth than you do. And, and we, we still knock on the ceiling, as you put it. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing how that goes. Um, so, you mentioned, uh, the phones and, and all that sort of stuff. So, if a kid is bringing, uh, a laptop, how many of your kids, you're, you're at a high school level, right? Uh, what you said, six through 12? Seven. No. So, okay. So, you've got middle school and, and high school. How many of those also bring with them some other portable device, a phone or an iPad or something like that, just in your estimation?
3: I'd say probably 90%. Right.
0: <laughs> right. So, you went from having, your few labs and classrooms to having two thousand devices uh, on your network all in one shot. I can see how that would be uh, uh, a strain up front. Right. Uh, what do you see in terms of sustainability? You think that your uh, the money you spent a couple of years ago and, and then maybe just some more expense on bandwidth is going to cut it? Well,
2: that was I know one of the goals of Paul is to make sure that because the last time we, whenever I guess last time we upgraded the network was. When- Whenever Paul actually literally pulled all the cable and set everything up, and that was, what, Paul, 13, 14 years ago, and so that was the goal, is that we wanted to set up a system that would last us for another, you know, 12 to 15 years, so we made sure that we did a good investment to get all those things going.
3: Good. And and in that investment, part of what we did was uh, we also made sure that we had expandability for additional ports, uh, so... Uh, most of the stuff out of the server room where Christine and I office, we've, we've got those all those things humming right next to us. Um, one of the things we did, we made sure we that most of those are uh, power over Ethernet ports on all those switches, and uh, they'll handle gigabit if we need that. And uh, the, the other closets that are out in the different areas of the building to serve the needs in the different hallways, those are expandable as well. We could actually walk in and put in uh, phones for voice over IP in every classroom uh, with the expandability, and still have space left over in our switches uh, that we have now. So we've got we've already got the expansion there, and bandwidth would be a benefit, obviously. And then uh, just looking to add, you know, different things that way.
1: All right, uh, I've got a question for Christine, I think uh, will probably be uh, the best one to answer this one. I'm kind of curious what the teacher response was, uh, both uh, before you really made this big move and, and after, because I imagine it probably changed over time.
2: Yeah, well, the goal was, um, is that I wanted to start with what people already liked. Um, so whenever we're looking at ebooks or any technology that goes into the classroom, is I asked the teachers by each department, it's like, okay, what is it that you really like? What kind of, what is out there curriculum-wise that you think is the best of the best? So, you know, regardless, regardless if it's ebook or whatever, um, or if it's a software package or it's access to some kind of resource on the web, what is the curriculum that you need? And what have you seen out there from your other colleagues um, out in the field that you think is best? And so then um, I started with that and then what things that they liked. And uh, then I found out, is there a digital resource available for it? And for quite a few of it, a few of the, the titles that we were already using that they already knew and loved, there was an ebook um, e- equivalent for that available. So then what I did is after that um, is I asked for some trial copies and ideally I got a teacher version as well as some student um, versions as well. So teachers could go and try it themselves and then test it out with some students, um, perhaps with a little sample class to see is it exactly what, you know, is it, does it meet their needs or do we need to go through something else? And so that was part of this whole three-year process is going through evaluating our curriculum and letting that drive what were the ebooks that would be able to fit those needs in the curriculum. And, and so the teachers were really happy because they were a part of that process. It wasn't like, okay, congratulations, here you go, you now have to use this. They were involved every step of
1: the way to make sure it was what they wanted. Um, I, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you, you touched a little bit on uh, software uh, packages and things like that. But, uh, you know, obviously things are more and more moving towards the cloud, which obviously in this scenario makes a whole lot of sense. But uh, I know that teachers are also very fond of certain softwares, and they all seem to have their, their favorites. Uh, how, how do you handle that? Does, is that just up to the teacher to take care of making sure that the students get these things installed on their computers do they help them walk them through that or uh or do you try to lean away from that how, how do you uh, hand, how do you handle those uh softwares
2: well fortunately most of the things that we they use are all either web2o based or it's some kind of online subscription so there's i really can't think of anything that is a software except for something that's the high-end stuff so the things like you know like adobe creative suite and you know, our geographic information system software, um, we use ArcGIS. Those are things that we have to provide in the classroom. And we've actually been able to work with companies like ESRI. We are, we're in partnership with them so that if students do have computers that are capable, they can install um, ArcGIS onto their machines. So for the kids that are in the higher end classes that really plan on going into um, those kinds of fields, then they, they have access to that and can work on additional projects. So it's kind of the you know, but as far as like the you know most classrooms it's the tools are all um, out, out in the cloud already so we've been pretty fortunate with that.
0: Okay. Uh I know we're sort of uh up against a little bit of a clock here in in terms of uh your schedule and we wanna as I often say respect your time. So uh, I think we'll just uh uh take this opportunity to wrap it up. Uh were there any uh any questions we didn't ask or anything you wanted to mention that uh that we left out? Any uh final thoughts before you go?
3: Well I think uh one of the things that's been beneficial for us is uh The amount of knowledge that Christine has gained, and I think uh, even a lot of the publishers have gained knowledge from us by what we've been asking for, while they've done this for a lot of colleges, and uh they're ready there; they just don't know how to handle it yet on a high school level or even a middle school level. I can't tell you the number of people we've talked to that have called us once they found out about what we're doing at done and want to know how we've done ebooks and uh Christine's been great at uh being the one and, and weaving her way through that minefield because it's definitely been a minefield. And, uh, probably one of the best things that has happened with a couple of the vendors that we get our electronic books from is they finally, they, they saw how serious we were about it and what we were doing. And they actually assigned a person to Christine so that if Christine called and had a question, she got somebody right away and they made it happen. And, uh, you know, the publishers are still the ones that are playing catch-up, and uh, I'm just glad that we can be the ones that kind of keep pushing them for everybody else.
1: And we appreciate that.
0: Yeah, as, as more and more schools look to go this way, it's it's nice to know that there are pioneers out there. Um, I have been the pioneer many times, and I'm tired of getting arrows in my back, so uh, <laughs> I'm glad to see somebody else be a pioneer. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Christine and Paul, we uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, I guess if there's nothing further, we'll we'll just thank you for your uh, participation and say goodbye.
3: And we'll, we'll look forward you very to much seeing for you time in just, and just having us on. We right. look
0: forward to seeing you in just a
1: few weeks. Is that right? Are you? Will you be at TCEA?
3: We'll both be there.
0: All right. Great. So we can meet face-to-face. I've met so many people as a result of this podcast via Skype that I've never met face-to-face. And uh, it's, it's always nice to, uh, to actually, you know, shake hands and, and, and meet somebody in person.
1: And you'll get a chance to meet somebody that you actually have to look up to. Right, there aren't, many,
0: uh, <laughs> there aren't many people in this world that I look up to, if Paul is one of them, in more than one way. And, uh, Christine, it'll be nice to see what you look like when you're not two inches tall. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, yeah, so right. I'm going to
3: say a thing to that one, Christine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, am I going to be disappointed She actually two inches tall when we get there?
3: Um, well, well, should four out. or six. Yeah, wow. <laughs>
0: All right, thanks for being with us, guys. Have a great week. Thank you, Calvert. Thanks for having us. So once again, we uh, thank Paul and Christine for joining us, uh, and it, uh, it's always a pleasure uh, to uh, have interesting people with us. And, and I really like uh, the the concept, the idea of bringing your own technology, and uh, I hope that uh, in the future um, it's something that becomes commonplace. Uh, I don't know. We've We've never – at the public school level anyway, we've never required students to bring their own textbooks. We've never required them to bring, um, their own, uh, you know, desks and tables and, and, and computers have always sort of been the infrastructure of schools. It's interesting to see that they become not infrastructure, but supplies. Um, right, they're
1: the, uh, they're the pencil, right? You know.
0: Yeah. We, I mean, I remember the, <laughs> a million years ago, the first time I was required to bring a calculator to school. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I thought, you know, this is a very expensive thing that I have to, to bring. And, you know, back in the Stone Age when when you had the, the abacus, uh, they were very expensive. And, and you had to uh, uh, drop a lot of money. And I remember thinking uh, when I got into college and had to have, you know, a better like scientific calculator. And then, then I started having to buy my own books. And it was, you know, $70 or $100 for a textbook. Uh, that was a different world. Um I just think it's interesting that the computer has now become such a commodity that it's becoming a, uh, um, a school supply. I'm not, I can't quite process how I feel about that. I think it's kind of cool and I'm a little worried about it all at the same time.
1: Well, and you know, it's interesting because I think a lot of, a lot of people out there. Uh, when they think of something like that, there's a lot of fear involved. Really? Uh, you know, uh, maybe it's uh, backlash from the community or, you know, there's the network Nazis that, you know, just can't even comprehend this, uh, right. third, you know, outside devices on their network and things like that. And, uh, I'm so, just
0: thinking about it from the parental aspect of having to buy three laptops. Right. Uh, yeah. For my kids. Yeah. I mean, you you're know?
1: very soon going to have three children in, in school. Right.
0: And, and I know my kids, they're not going to last more than a year or two. And so, uh, this recurring thing now, you know, not only the shoes for soccer practice and the, you know, whatever for, for cheerleading and, you know, all these other things. Now I've got to throw a laptop in the mix there. And I don't know, may, being the geek I am, I probably would buy them all one anyway, but, um, I find that my, <laughs> I know you, yeah, I, you'd rotate them one every year and it'd be daddy's hand-me-down.
1: So daddy would get, <laughs> get a new right. laptop every year. Daddy
0: gets the new laptop. That's right. Um, I just think it's, int- I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time processing, processing it. And if I'm stammering, that's why I'm just thinking about it. Um, it's cool from my, you know, technology coordinator idea. I like the idea of kids bringing, uh, they can probably afford better gear, right? Because one parent can buy one laptop and spend more money than I can spend on, uh, you know, 500 laptops. And so I, I like the idea, but, uh, uh, I just, as that parent having to drop that kind of money, um, I'm I'm a little conflicted about it. Um,
1: yeah, there's I can see pros and cons for it. You know, I, I tend to think that those might at least later on like your elementary kids with the laptop is probably going to like you said maybe last a year but by the time they get to high school and mommy or daddy is blistered they're behind because they (laughs) they broke the last one that you know maybe they'll start to last there'll be a little bit more accountability there uh i don't know i'm i'm curious i really think it's interesting what they're doing i want to definitely keep an eye on it as they move forward in the years
0: okay well that's uh just our little uh, editorial at the end there. So we'll move right. on to our regularly scheduled tips of the week. And uh, this week, completely independently, uh, you know, Sean picks the teacher tip, and I pick the tech. Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> well said. I pick the tech tip, and uh, we we do those independently. And today we both chose. Um, uh, video converters which i think is interesting uh maybe that's a sign of the times too when when there are so many to choose out there that we both chose independently and i've never heard of his and and he doesn't know about mine and and you know that's kind of the way it goes right um I think I just introduced this to you last week, right? Uh, this tool. Uh, well, Uh,
1: I've, I've known about Super, but it was, it's definitely geeky, I would say. It's, uh, well, I'll let you go uh, first. Go ahead.
0: So, uh, yeah, the name of the tool is simply Super and it's available at eritesoft.net. Uh, um, and I'm just going to say this tool is, um, very high quality, uh, in terms of its output and its capacity, but it is, very bargain basement in terms of its user interface. Uh, I will t- I, you know teachers, this is why this isn't a teacher tip. Uh, this is a tool that teachers could use but honestly the non-technical person would have a hard time even figuring out how to download this thing because the user interface of the website is so terrible that every time I go there to up uh, to download it for whatever reason it's uh, it takes me three or four minutes of looking through all the crap on the site to figure out where to download the thing And then once you download it, you're, you're looking at this ridiculous, uh, interface that was designed the, by the Marquis de Sade. Um, <laughs> it, it, nothing is intuitive. Nothing is easy to figure out, but the tool works really, really well. And with, if you've got other tools out there that you use to convert things, um, and they don't work, give Super a crack because it does work. It works really well. It's for Windows only, um, and it uh, uh, uses a lot of the back-end tools that Linux guys are familiar with already. Um, but uh, it'll take pretty much anything in and spit pretty much anything out. Um, so if you put drop a video in and you say you only want the audio out, it's fine with that. If you drop a uh, PowerPoint in and say you want an MPEG out, it can do that. Um I think, I hope I didn't just say something it couldn't do, but I'm pretty sure it does that. Uh, it's pretty amazing what it can do if you're willing to sit through the terrible user interface. So that's sort of a half recommendation for Super. And again, that's at eritesoft.com. Uh,
1: and that's where I'll jump in and say, I did see, uh, I stumbled across Super probably four or five years ago. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I, ma- I did manage to download and install it. But but I started to use it, and it—it was—I was fumbling with it so much, and just finally found something that did what I was looking to do, uh, more intuitively. So, uh, yeah, definitely a, a geek tool. But uh, like you said, I mean, if you take the time to really learn it, it's awesome.
0: So. Right. My my go tool conversion tool is always going to be HandBrake. Uh, VLC is probably secondary. Uh, but I've got a little uh, uh digital uh, recorder, um, that spits weird formats out and super is the only thing I've ever found that can convert it to something usable. And so that's why it's in my toolkit.
1: All right. So I'll jump in here now with the teacher tip. And, uh, this is uh, why we're, yeah, we're kind of laughing a little bit, uh, along those same lines, uh, but, uh, much more intuitive, uh, uh, for the, uh, non technical users out there, uh, online converter and it's, uh, www.online-convert.com. And, uh, this site also has, uh, it's got converters for just about everything. So you can do work with audio, video, images, uh, documents, ebook converters. Um, and it even has a hash generator, uh, that has 21 formats for, uh, creating your own hashes. Blowfish, MD5, HT password, Apache, Sneffer and so on and so forth. So, uh, Bless you. thank you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, it's really, really easy. I mean, you go to each section and you know, if you're looking to do video, you go to that section and then, uh, you upload your file, you pick your format out and you say, Hey, go. And, uh, and it does it. It works with an amazing array of, uh, of file extensions, uh, just about anything that you could, uh, want to do out there. Um,
0: and it's a great user interface which
1: <laughs> it's very yeah. it's it's very simple uh, amazingly simple uh, the ebook converter is kind of neat and i thought that uh, specifically uh, worked well with education uh so if you're looking to uh if you have some sort of ebook format that you're wanting to convert to uh so uh very awesome uh the only thing i'll say uh, the thing i didn't really like about it is it pretty much has an ad on every page for avs uh software uh converter software avs uh, which is, I mean, I like the Av software quite honestly, but it kind of dupes you into maybe clicking like, Oh yeah, I want to convert and clicking on that ad. It's, it's a little bit misleading. So, uh, that would be my only thing to tell you to watch out for is don't click on those ads that are right there prominently at the top center. Okay. Uh, so that's about it. But other than that, uh great, great site free and, uh, check it out.
0: Alright, and this is the time of the show where I tell you all about where you can contact us. And, uh, you can go to our brand new, uh, Tightwad Tech website. Uh, same, a diff- new website, actually same website, just new look. Uh, and, uh, same address, thetightwadtech.com. Or if you're a Twitter type folk, twitter.com slash the tech. Or for Facebook users, facebook.com slash the tech. And of course, yeah, as we've ha- touted in recent shows, um, is our, our Google Voice. Uh, leave us a voicemail number that nobody has used, not one single person. <laughs> yeah has chosen to do that. So you you all either have stage fright or there really aren't any listeners. I think that's really it. it. I
1: think people are afraid that we're going to put their voice
0: on the air. Oh, I will put you on the air. If you (laughs) leave a recording there, it will go on the air. Uh, Well, uh, unless I have to too heavily bleep it. Um, But uh, that number there is 530 Frugal 2. And frugal is spelled F-R-U-G-A-L. I had to explain to somebody earlier in the week how to spell that word. Uh, So 530-F-R-U-G-A-L and the number two
1: google frugal
0: you could google frugal <laughs> right. well there's a source out there called frugal with two o's i think oh okay. i think yeah. it's like google i think it's o-o-g-l-e or maybe o-o-g-a-l and so um it, it's not that it's uh frugal like cheap uh tight wads yeah so yeah. there you go uh and so there is the show all right and, uh, another good one and so, uh, this is the uh, last show before our live show uh, next week. And so, uh, which ironically won't be a live show. Um, it's just called live, but it's not going to be live. And we talked about that already. So it doesn't matter. But anyway, so until next time, this is Mark signing off.
1: And Sean signing off.